to introduce today's scripture, I'll take you back to the hymn that you sang at the beginning of the service that sets the whole thing up. Number 721, Lord, you have come to the lake shore looking neither for wealthy nor wise ones. You only asked me to follow humbly. O Lord, with your eyes you have searched me and while smiling have spoken my name. And now my boat has left on the shoreline behind me. By your side I will seek other seas. That hymn sums up the story in scripture you are about to hear today. Where Jesus, when he was early in his ministry and was looking for disciples, went out to around the Sea of Galilee and he started to recruit fishermen. And there were a lot of people who made their living as fishermen and they would go out. The, the Sea of Galilee is really an enormous lake and that's where they would fish or other lakes nearby like Gennesaret in this story. And Jesus was recruiting these fishermen. He was recruiting them on the shoreline. And in this story, he goes out with them, and they are on their boats, um, and he encourages them to go out fishing after they've had a bad day and have caught nothing. And they go out and they catch so much that it terrifies them. And it is then that Jesus says, um, from now on, you will be catching people. Or as the old translation goes, you will be fishers of men. You will be bringing in people rather than fish. Um, this is the background of coming to the lake shore, that beautiful hymn, and the idea that uh, the most ordinary people, not the wisest, not the bravest, not the most educated, it was the ordinary, hardworking people that Jesus recruited as his disciples. And even when they felt unworthy, this miracle scared them and assured them that with Jesus' help, they could go forward. A reading from Luke 5, chapters 1 through 11. Verses 1 through 11. I'm not going to read chapters 1 through 11. It could be a long day. <laughs> Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gethsemane, the crowd was pressing in on to hear the word of God. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belong, belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at, each of the, at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. 
from now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought down their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. So I hope you recognize some of the names among those fishermen. There is Simon Peter, and once he is a disciple, he changes his name to Peter. So he is known as Peter, who will be the rock of the church. You heard about James and John. These were the ordinary people who were on the shoreline who Jesus recruited. Now, some of you I know like to fish. Um, Raise your hand if you like to go fishing on occasion, right? All right, okay. So I'm not one of those people, but I can imagine, I know like, you know, there's, um, it's not just about the amount you catch, right? There's, what fisher people tell me is that it's about the, the relaxation, the process, um, the time spent with friends maybe, um, the time spent like sitting in a wooden box out on the middle of the ice in a frozen lake with friends apparently is very delightful. And, um, and it's, you know, like there's easier ways to get fish, right? If you want fish for dinner, you can go and get a fish sandwich at McDonald's. You can go to the grocery store and get some fish. This is not a practical means of acquiring food for, for most of us. But if you come home at the end of the day with a fish, you know, isn't it a feeling of accomplishment? Um, but generally, if you're bringing it home, say, to a family member, they probably have a backup plan, right? Like you say, oh, I'll bring you back something for dinner, but they probably got something that they're ready to make in case it doesn't work out. Um, it is seldom the case that you would come home with so much that it would be overwhelming. So for Simon Peter and for these disciples, for them fishing was work. They are doing it on the massive scale where you are throwing the nets in the water and you are hauling up as much as you can possibly get. And, and this is before there are sonar detectors or any way. And so you can imagine the hard lifestyle of these fishermen that they could go out all day and all night, and if you're in the wrong section of the lake, so much of it is luck, right? So much of it is luck, and you could be throwing your net down and catching nothing, and yet your margin for error is so small because this is how you earn your living, and there are people back on shore depending on you. This is not recreational in any way, shape, or form. If you ever have the chance to go to Israel, you can eat St. Peter's fish, they call it. But these fish, they're kind of little and flat. Um, and so you need a lot of them. And like one might be like enough for one person. And you can buy these, you know, in Israel and eat them. But this was hard work. This isn't like a tuna or a big fish. This is working really, really hard to haul these nets up. And the lake was relatively shallow. So also because of that, sometimes the shallowest lakes are the most dangerous. The wind can swip, swoop them up. This is one of the things I learned about Lake Erie when I went and visited there and went to the Lighthouse Museum is that it is one of the, the most dangerous because it is not so, so deep. And so so many lives can be lost on your shallower lakes because of the effect of the weather. 
And everything can change so suddenly. At this, um, at this lighthouse I visited, they had invented, in a sense, practices that would later become like the Coast Guard for rescuing uh, fishermen. And what they would do is um, they, they had like a, like a cannon thing that they would shoot out a rope and it might land on a sinking ship and then it would become like a pulley and they had a basket where the, the fishermen could get into the basket. Almost It was like kind of a giant diaper thing. They would sit in it with their legs sitting through and they would be pulled back to shore and saved. But back in Jesus' day, there is no Coast Guard, there is no lighthouse, there is no one to, to rescue you. This is dangerous hard work. And so they've all gathered at the end of a long day and night of no success, and Jesus is preaching to them, and everyone is moved by what he's saying. And then he says, why don't you get back out there and do some more fishing? And they're not in the mood. They're not in the mood, but they do it. And all of a sudden, as it says, the nets fill up so much that they are in danger. Because if you think of it, it's a relatively shallow lake, so the boat is relatively shallow. So if you're trying to pull in more than you can hold, what, what are you in danger of? You just flip over, right? This is not some big tanker in deep waters. And so they're trying to get the net in. But really, if you picture it, you can't just sort of say, hey, have y'all all fish in this net. Could you just swim out? You know, because I'm just going to get, you can't do that. You've got to either pull it in or not. And so you can imagine the side of the boat is going over and it's going to fill with water. And so the other boat comes up and they're trying to help each other. And all of a sudden, Peter says, I am such a sinner. Why does he say this? It's probably the case that a moment like this with these nets was what these fishermen had prayed for their entire lives. It's probably the case that every morning when they went out, they said, please let it be that day where I get so many fish, I don't have room. And when they finally get what they've prayed for, it's a disaster. Have you ever had that experience? where you think that something is going to be so wonderful. You think, if only I had that, it would be so wonderful. And finally, it happens, and it's not wonderful. And all of a sudden, your whole world turns upside down. And I think that's what happens for Peter here. He says, this is the thing I always hoped that would happen, but when it happens, I'm not ready for it. My boat cannot handle the abundance that the universe is handing me. So there's a couple of cool things that happen. One is that Peter shares with the other boat, right? Other people share in the abundance. They realize sometimes you can get so much of a good thing, it will crush you. But I've always wondered if this was why Peter said he was a sinner. I've always wondered if there was a moment of greed here where Peter made the wrong choice. Where maybe like the boat was already full of fish and G Peter just said, let's throw it in again. This is my once in a lifetime moment. I want more. I want more. I want more. And then all of a sudden he's put his crew in danger. I've often wondered if that was what Peter was saying. 
And here Jesus is saying, Peter, I choose you to lead these people. And Peter is saying, no, don't choose me. I just put my crew in danger because I wanted more, more, more. I really do think that's what might have happened because of how things go afterwards. Because when they go back, somehow Jesus calms them, and this is part of a set of stories in which they're going to be out on the water, being terrified, storms, etc. So Jesus calms them. But Peter has been humbled in some deep way in this incident. And it says that when they come back to shore, they left everything they had. So think about that. They get more fish than they could ever imagine. They almost lose their lives with the catch. And by the time they get back to the shore, they don't even want it anymore. Jesus has changed something deep inside of them. No longer do they dream about nets full of fish. He has said, now I want your concern to be people. You, people, matter more than anything else. And it's with that mission to love people that they are able to leave behind the thing they always thought would make their life perfect. As we prepare to share communion together, I want you to think about the things you have so much of and what you would leave behind in order to love the people around you.